you are certainly in tune with Launceston's YFM and on the right track. And, uh, of course, last week we didn't have a Wednesday morning discussion because of our big, huge radiothon, but uh, we're back into things now. Here's Dr Andrew Corver. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Cameron. Great to be with you. Yes, and, I d- of course, just straight off the bat, I do want to say a very, very big thank you to everybody who supported our yeah. Radiothon. Yeah. Last week it, it went way beyond our expectations. And as we said throughout it, what was really, really pleasing was to hear the hundreds of stories of people whose lives have been touched and transformed by listening to WFM, by, by the programs we air, by the music we play, by the little content that we have throughout the day. Just so encouraging. I, I really just want to say thank you so much to everybody who not only supported the Radiothon, but who did call up or post on our Facebook wall just their story. And really, whether you meant to or not, you did. You encouraged us. Here, here. You encouraged us tremendously. Well, what they were saying, what a lot of what the story was, Andrew, was um, you know about the, you know enjoying the family tips and being uh, you know family friendly and and encouraging. That's what we seek to do, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it's the family tips, it's the marriage tips, it's the life, even just life coaching tips, which is what we'll be talking about in just a moment. And I'm aware that we that there are so many people who are frustrated with their situation, they're frustrated with their job, they're frustrated with their marriage, they're frustrated with their family, they're frustrated with their predicament in life. And all it all it's going to take is a little bit of coaching or just just a a word of advice and that entire situation can turn around cameron we do just we are again just so appreciative of the wonderful support people have given us this is i'm going to be writing to everyone who contacted us or uh, supported us through the radiothon and uh, so before i announce anything on air about you know some of the, the the big developments that will be happening uh, just to say that I've had I've had things that, that in my heart, and I've been talking about certain things with some key people around our state about some of the things that we 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 would like to do. We we we've been dreaming of doing that. We can help so many more people. It's in our capacity to do that. And so I'm going to be writing to people and just letting them know. What, some of the developments that we're going to begin to roll out that will lift our station, will lift our impact and help us to continue to reach out. Of course, Cameron, you know, lately, uh, traditional classical Christianity has really come under the hammer and it's it's, sure it's been seen by many as outdated, antiquated, um, you know, belonging to a bygone era. We've been... For some of our positions, we've been labelled with all kinds of ridicule, and this this goes on 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 the internet. And of course, if you're a Facebooker and you're you're someone who does hold to the the the, the tenets of classical Christianity, it's it's been a very difficult last few days. And I just want to offer a word of advice for those people who who are a little bit bewildered, a little bit feeling like you know we're being hammered from all sides in regard to some of the things that are happening and particularly the facebook policy to really push what what many would see as a political agenda 
and foist that on Christians. And to my utter amazement, uh, many Christians that I thought uh, had a good understanding of um, what what it meant to be Christian, what what Christianity was all about, have actually succumbed to to some of this pressure. And again, as someone who understands history, and I'm sure many of my colleagues would would also be versed in some of the church history that that has helped to bring us to this this current point. This is nothing new. We can go back as early as the second century, and if you're into church history and you, you want to have a look at something, there, it, it was something known as the Donatist Tradator Controversy. Now, most people today, most Christians today, are probably not even aware of it, never even heard of it. But it was a, a major, major crisis in the church where the the Roman government at the time, late second century AD, had outlawed Christianity had outlawed uh, adherence to the Bible and even outlawed copies of the Bible, and so there was there was um, almost door to door searches going on by Roman centurions and so on looking for copies of the New Testament. Wherever they found them, they burned them. If people didn't freely relinquish them, they lost their lives. This was a huge crisis, but there were many there were many Christians who actually gave up their their copies of the new testament willingly and they they did so on the basis that they were preserving their lives and then they then the church managed to ride that wave of persecution through and there was a huge council meeting around the late second century where the government position had changed and within a very short time in fact the roman emperor uh, actually converted to christianity so the whole political cultural social environment changed on a dime it it and then all these christians said well what do we do now to those christians who sort of betrayed us and it was a huge controversy in the church so we're we're, we're not we're not facing anything at the moment of that magnitude but there are i know there are people who are very concerned here's a very simple response to a question that you may be asked and i don't think there's anything offensive about it um it may sound offensive to people it's not meant to be it's actually meant to be rather benign but but it's simply this if you're asked what your position is on say sexuality or same-sex marriage here's a very simple response if you're a christian i would would encourage you to perhaps share, share this as your you know response to something like that you might you might say something like this my my position on same-sex marriage and homosexuality or sexuality is exactly the same as what Jesus Christ taught. That's it. That's it. That's the response. Your your response to that question, what's your position on same-sex marriage, is this. I believe exactly what Jesus Christ taught. And if you want to know what Jesus Christ taught, you might want to jot down these two scriptures, Matthew chapter 15, verses 18, 19, and 20, You'll see Christ gave a very clear statement what will defile a person and prevent them from entering into the kingdom of heaven. And then Matthew chapter 19, verses 4, 5, and 6. Jesus Christ, the creator of the universe, the one who designed life itself, gives the most straightforward, succinct statement about marriage. It's, and this surprises people because many people 
have been told and been led to believe that Jesus said nothing about either topic. And it's just not accurate. It's not accurate at all. So Matthew chapter 15 and Matthew chapter 19. So very simple response. I believe exactly what Jesus Christ taught about marriage and sexuality. Now, their problem is, shouldn't be with you anymore. Their problem should be with what Jesus taught. And so that's just a very simple way of deflecting perhaps some of the heat you may be feeling, perhaps some of the, the steam that's being directed at you. Cameron, today I want to talk about moving from frustration to fulfillment. In fact, the five steps for moving from frustration to fulfillment. So we're going to come back after this song and I'm going to set it up where we're going to talk about what it is to be frustrated. And of course, I don't really need to explain that because we've all felt that. But there are some people who are almost overwhelmed by frustration at the moment. Their, their job, their life, their marriage, their family, their situation, their lot in life, their health, whatever it is, some project, some challenge that's before them is utterly frustrating them. So we're going to talk about how we move from frustration to fulfillment. I've got something to share of my own personal story in that. So this is not just a purely academic or it's not just theory. It, there's actually some, some, some things that I can share that I know will translate into your life as well. So let's come back after this song and we'll get underway with that. All that coming up next here on YFM. It's 8.44. We're going to hear some Kate Sobrano next. You're tuned to YFM. That's Kate Sobrano's version of Feeling All Right. We're talking today with Dr. Andrew Corbett on the subject of uh, finding your way from frustration to fulfilment, something that I'm sure we've all gone through from time to time. And haven't we? we indeed we have. And so this is something that we, we are all at times blighted with and my concern is that there are times when we are almost overwhelmed by that sense of frustration that sense that well let me let me give a definition of frustration even though i i really don't need to because i think we've all felt this but frustration is experienced when we feel that our efforts or situation is pointless or counterproductive or unattainable. There's an old Greek legend, an old Greek myth of, a, of the fellow who was cursed to roll a huge boulder up a hill and then had to let it roll down again and then he had to roll it up again and then let it, and that had to go on for eternity. That is frustration because what your efforts amount to nothing. They are pointless. And at times we can feel like that. We can feel like that in our job. I know there are many mothers who feel like that with their children because you know no matter how hard we try no matter how much we ask them to tidy up or respond or show respect or whatever it is we just don't seem to be getting anywhere so this is a it is a problem that we all experience my concern is that there are some people who they don't know how to respond they don't know what to do the, the frustration becomes overwhelming and because we are created we are designed to experience fulfillment and satisfaction in life that is our natural bent we desire fulfillment and satisfaction we want to know that our lives are counting it's one of the it's, it's one of the secrets of really good managers really good managers in a business know how to help their staff their team 
to see their their role, their place in fulfilling something bigger than themselves. Every good football coach can do it with the the, the every member of the team on the field and on the bench. Mm. So uh, John Maxwell says that the strength of a team is not measured by those on the field or on the court. The strength of the team is measured by the depth on the bench. And so every good coach of a sporting team is able to use this this human drive for fulfillment and satisfaction to get the best out of his team. So what happens when we haven't got that when we when we feel that it that uh, we're we're overcome with a sense of frustration that it it's, it results from that sense that that the solution or solutions to our problem or problems is just beyond us. Yeah, you, know, you can imagine a football team out on the field and we've seen this where uh, over the years, we, there, there have been. Uh, I, I remember Tim Watson. You know, you're an Essendon fan. Yeah. Remember he coached St Kilda for yes. three yes, games or remember that. four yep. games or, or something like that. And it was, you know, Tim Watson is a gentleman, and he's just such a yeah. nice guy. And he was a champion player. I think he, he sure was, was a 300 gamer or he plus. Was. Yep. And so he he then takes on St Kilda, which is was not a bad side. It actually was a pretty decent side. And yet they got on the field and they were confused. They didn't know what they were doing. Their teamwork wasn't there. They they had no. They lacked direction. They lacked purpose. And it was it was a it was only a matter of weeks before Tim Watson said, "I don't know what I'm doing. This is not me. This is not who I am." And everyone was frustrated. He was frustrated. The team was frustrated. And I remember about that time, they handed it over to uh, those two guys, one of which was Ross Lyon and that other guy. And St Kilda's fortunes turned almost within a week at, because yeah, yeah. You, had, you had Ross Lyon, who was, who was probably going to go down in football history as one of the greatest geniuses of the game. I mean, the guy, you know, from a Geelong supporter's point of view, the guy's a mongrel, but from a football point of view the guy's a genius and he was able to tap into this sense of let's go from frustration to fulfillment and he was able to do it very quickly and in life there are actually things you can do that will also help you to move from frustration to fulfillment so frustration can actually be good in, in, in one sense, if, if you can bear with me a moment, frustration actually highlights our limits. And we all have them. It, it not only highlights our limits, and our limits could be our material limits. It, it could be our financial limits. It could be our physical limits. It could be our intellectual limits. It could be our spiritual limits. They all result in exposing how resilient we are. They they result in showing and highlighting to us where we're strong and where we're not so strong. So frustration, if you can learn this painful secret, frustration can actually help you to become a stronger person. So when we talk about moving to fulfillment, I mean, again, that, that should be pretty obvious what that looks like. I just put a couple of things out there as to what it may not look like. It may not mean bliss. Fulfillment 
may not mean happiness. You can be deeply fulfilled, but you may not be overjoyed. You may not be on a on an incredible high. You may not be. You, usually you are, but you may not be. And I think this is important too for those people who particularly here in Tasmania, Karen, we're coming into winter and what do we see? <laughs> you know, you and I have been in this state long enough to know that every winter people get the winter blues. You know, the the, the days are short. It's true, we're, yeah. We're getting longer days now, but the, the days are shorter, the days are colder. And a day like yesterday, Karen, and we're looking at our window here at the studios of YFM, and we can see from here to the gum trees, and that's about it, because it's just, yep. you know, amazingly, yeah. we're covered in fog. We are, yeah. And so, uh, pity help those people who are in Sydney right now trying to fly in to Launceston, um, because you can't. I know. Mm. I, I, I saw mm. that this morning, that there, there's a whole bunch of people who are stuck in Sydney or Melbourne trying to fly in to Launceston right now, and they can't because the airport's closed. And fair enough too, because we we, we can't even see the airport from the road. <laughs> and this actually has a psychological effect on people who are susceptible to feeling down, and and we all are. And and so if you if you think you're abnormal right now because it it feels to you like some of the little things are just getting on top of you, and maybe you need to go and see a doctor, maybe you need to get a pill. Just hang on a minute. Maybe you do, but just hang on a minute before you do. Just just consider this. You may actually be experiencing something very normal, very natural. You, you may be experiencing something that does require a little bit of adjustment in the way you process life and life's setbacks. So before people <laughs> run off to the to the doctor, and again, please don't misunderstand me. I'm, I'm not saying don't do that at, at, at any cost. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying sometimes we, we just generally feel the, the weight of the shorter days, the colder days, the darker days, and it does actually have an emotional, psychological impact on us. I feel that. We all feel that. So I think we just need to recognize that so that we're not thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm spiraling into some really horrible dark place. You, you could be, but it could just be that the days are shorter, the days are colder, the, the, the days are literally gloomier, and it, has a, it just has an effect on you. So, so don't, don't panic about that and, and and sometimes just someone saying looking you in the eye putting their hands on your shoulders and looking at you and saying you know what i reckon you're normal i reckon it's just normal just hey just relax right now about this the good thing about winter there's lots of good things actually but one of the really good things to bear in mind is it doesn't last you know after winter comes the spring but just bear that in mind and, and that's a kind of a metaphor for life too mm. sometimes in life we have dark times. Sometimes in life, it's gloomy. There are setbacks. There are negative things that happen. But hang in there. Hang in there because they don't last. And spring always follows winter. Just before we go to news, Cameron, we want to move people to fulfillment. And fulfillment is that sense that something has been achieved or accomplished that is worthwhile. Cameron, let's come back after the news. We're going to count down the five steps to move from frustration to fulfillment. Great. 
Great, you're tuned to Launceston's YFM on the right track, Radio for Life. We are in discussion with Dr Andrew Corbett, but let's go to news right now. It's nine o'clock. And we're having our uh, currently our Wednesday morning discussion with Dr Andrew Corbett. We are indeed. So we're talking about moving from frustration to fulfilment. Many people are frustrated at the moment, the, the, and it tends to lead people to blame. They can blame the economy. They can blame the government. They can blame their parents. They can blame... And you know what? You can go on blaming, and it, do, it, it doesn't, and it may not ever change the circumstances that you're facing so it's really important that you, you develop at least some strategies. I want to give you five strategies, five things you can do that will help you to move from frustration to fulfillment. Because if, if your lifestyle is such that things have gone wrong and you have blamed people, circumstances, things, whatever it is for your predicament, your circumstance, it's not actually going to change anything. And if And, and you're going to remain frustrated if you want to move from frustration to fulfillment the the very first thing you have to do i'm going to count down five to one so number five the, this this is the first thing you have to do so we're going to we're going to start here is you have to be realistic and being realistic is not as easy as it sounds because sometimes being realistic involves being realistic about yourself your strengths your weaknesses your limits your availability if you overcommit to something that you know you could do if you had less commitments on and then you discover that your current level of commitments don't allow you to do the things that you know you could do that's going to be very frustrating so you have to be realistic you have to be realistic about the level of commitment that you have available to to lend to whatever you're being asked to support. So being realistic, being realistic about your resources. You know, uh, I, I was told recently that there was somebody who wanted, someone in our state who wanted to make a full length feature film. Well, that's that's wonderful. They'd never done it before. That, that, that can be a problem, not having the, the, the track record to be able to do anything like that. They, they didn't have the money to do it. They didn't have the connections to do it. And eventually, after about two years of trying, they just gave up on the dream. Now, the, the giving up on the dream part is, is I think, the, the culmination of frustration you can actually, if someone is listening to me right now and they have it in their heart to make a full-length feature movie that perhaps you may be doing Tasmania a service, you may be doing Tasmania a favour, Tasmania may be the, the backdrop. And by the way, I, I think there's an untapped, huge untapped creative uh, stream in our state. There's a vein of, of richness and resources that we can export to the world through our creative media and so on we have some very very talented people here so i would actually be encouraging that but if you think you're going to launch into a full-length major movie to, to have a worldwide global release release on your first film you're not being realistic and if you think you're going to film it script it star in it produce it direct it distribute it 
you're also not being realistic. You, you need to be realistic. And being realistic means that you, that you will do really number four, which we'll, we'll come to in a moment. But being realistic means your posture has got to change. You've got to go from being, you know, perhaps a little proud to becoming maybe just just a little humble, uh, uh, humble enough to ask. And now we move to the next one. This is number four, and this is this is I, I think one of the greatest pieces of advice anyone who wants to move from frustration to fulfillment can ever hear. And it's this: leverage. You need leverage. I can tell you now by studying some of the world's greatest entrepreneurs, and I've been reading a book at the moment, the 200 Companies That Changed the World, and it's interesting how many of the entrepreneurs that started these companies couldn't, in fact, none of them started, none of them started any of their companies without the help of someone else. They were able to leverage either their idea, their product, their invention, their their service, their their whatever it was, they were able to leverage that by getting help from someone else. They were, in some instances, they were able to get good advice from somebody who knew what they were talking about. And I'm I'm constantly pondering and reflecting on that movie Amazing Grace, the the story of William Wilberforce and yeah. his fight. Yeah to overcome the slave trade and and abolish the slave trade and having struggled for some 15 years or so to do that he's he's frustrated and he has his friend i I, his name escapes me i think it was matthewson who comes to him and says i have an idea and and wilberforce says well what's your idea and he says something to him in latin cameron and and in latin wilberforce looks at him puzzled and says, I'm sorry, my, my Latin is a little rusty. W- what are you saying? And Matthewson says to him, well, in short, my good man, I'm, I'm suggesting we cheat. And Wilberforce says, cheat? What do you mean we cheat? He says, I think we're going about this all the wrong way. I think we're going about this the most difficult way. I think we should cheat by taking the easiest route and a route that is assured of victory and success. Now, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But that is a great principle for life. And in fact, there have been several books written recently by business leadership management experts who've also tapped into this thing called the cheat principle. Now, before we get callers ringing up going, oh, telling us to cheat and do something naughty, <laughs> I'm not, that's not what we're saying. We're actually saying it will feel like cheating because it's actually almost guaranteed to work. Uh, okay. So many people, want, they, they, they want to just do, the, do it the most difficult way. They, I'll give you an example. When uh, I, I was the newly appointed pastor at Lagana, and this is many years ago, and coming up to my 20th year now, but oh, back really? then we, we, had, we, we, we had no, uh, no money. And, and, and very few people and we just moved into a new building and we needed to get the car park somewhat sealed and so I, I ordered truckloads of road base to come in and this was my intention I asked a few guys from church would you help me spread this road base 
And so they turned up, and one of them, who was a, a tradie, he, he turned up and he said, "When when does the when does the excavator get or the, the what do you, bulldozer thing get here to help move all this around?" I said, "No, no, no. We're just going to use shovels." He looked at me like, "You have got to be joking. We've got half an acre of car park and five shovels, Andrew. You're dumb." And so he, he just got on his phone and rang a bloke with a machine that came down. And what, what I had thought would take, you know, the best part of three days solid, you know, 16 hours a day of shoveling. This guy just said, this is crazy. Just, and he cheated, if you see my drift. He got someone in who, this is what they did. They moved stuff around, and, uh, dirt and cut, gravel. Cut, and, cut corners, in other words. Well, yeah, he went word, sort yeah. of. Yeah, it was it was like why do it the hard way when there's a guaranteed way of success? Yeah. Well, I might, you know, for those that know me on my mother's side, I'm a McCormack and that Scottish blood runs deep, let me tell you, Cameron. I'm always trying to save a dollar and really that was what I was trying to do. I I didn't want to spend the the $60 on the the back car or whatever it was to get this done. I I wanted well, I wanted to save that money. And this guy said, no, you can't go through life trying to save a dollar when it's it's well worth that dollar being spent to get it done and get it done right. And that is a great principle for life. And, and you'd think I would have learnt that principle when we moved into our new house at Lagana. Not, not new, we, we took a 70-year-old house, actually, and renovated it for our family. And part of that renovation was getting it painted and Kim said, all right, start sanding outside weatherboard house, start sanding and 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 get it painted. Well, mate, I, I'm sanding away and I'm doing my thing. And, you know, three hours later, I've done about a square foot of the house. And at that rate, it would have taken me about three and a half years just to get our house sanded, ready to be painted, let alone painted. And the builder comes around the corner, Jeff, who uh, also helped us here at Wave Him put our um, solar panels in. And Jeff said, well, what are you doing? So I'm, I'm prepping the, the weatherboards ready to be painted. He said, get down from that ladder and give Tom Nielsen a call um, and just stop wasting your time. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Tom Nielsen, uh, one a uh, very uh, master painter, uh, well known around Launceston, is one of the best painters around. Tom came down and and he prepped and painted that afternoon the entire house. And I just looked back yeah. and my jaw just dropped. I'm thinking, how? and then I thought, what on earth was I thinking? What was I thinking? Trying to do this the hard way. So yes. this is yes. this is the second point. If you want to move from frustration to fulfillment, you have to learn to leverage. Leverage, you know, uh, who was it? There was that old Greek guy who said, give me a fulcrum and I could move the world. The, the point there is a, a, a lever. Um, if, you, if you want to uh, raise a car or move a big object, you know, you put a wedge down, a fulcrum, you put a, a pole or you get a bar or something and you lean on it and, and that leverages the weight and you can move it. So in life you can do that. You can leverage through finance. You can, you know, I guarantee you no successful business person put their own money on the table and from there they were able to do it. They, they leveraged their finance. They leveraged their talent. 
they leverage their resources, they leverage their advice. So Cameron, there's the second point, leverage. You may not know how to do what you need to do. Well, leverage it, get the advice you need. Cameron, let's come back after this music break and we're gonna count down the last three, moving from frustration in life to fulfillment in life. Great, excellent. Well, we'll be back shortly with that here on Launceston's YFM after this. Your parents, whatever it might be, there is a way to move from frustration to fulfillment. One of the things that I do want to have as a foundation for what we're talking about is how we understand ourselves, how we understand how we feel. Many people are of the impression that you cannot help how you feel. I hear this from people and they they misapply really this whole misunderstanding of how our emotional makeup is is constituted someone will say something like this you made me feel angry you made me feel upset you annoy me and i can tell you now that is never true and it's never the justification for you taking out your frustration on someone else this is perhaps at one of the 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 reasons for domestic violence which we abhor and we have a we we have a huge problem in our state with this where perhaps there are men who are frustrated in life frustrated at their work their job their you know they thought they would be in a different context a different situation in life and they're not and so they they take out their frustration on someone else by virtue of blaming them and that is that is never justifiable never 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 justifiable so understanding that our our emotions are subject to our responses you choose your response two people can be facing exactly the the same the exactly the same context the same situation the same people around them one person can be utterly frustrated and on the verge of lashing out in anger because of their frustration and the other person doesn't feel like that at all so that tells us it's not the externals that dictate to us how we feel it's our response to the externals that dictates how i feel now i know for some people i'm talking martian they just have no idea what what on earth are you talking about of course they make me feel angry of course they make me annoyed because you've you've never heard anything other to challenge that well i want to challenge that i want you to hear it's not the external things of people government whatever it might be weather whatever around you that causes you to feel the way you feel it's how you respond to those things and you choose your response so i have to say that to, to introduce number three because number three is patience and great word <laughs> great word easier said than done they say oh yeah yeah um, patience is is one of those things that to, to say that it's linked to frustration is to state the obvious because when we're frustrated we're impatient and we see little children who become frustrated that you know it could just be something about trying to put a lego piece in somewhere and it just won't fit because it's you know it's obvious to the adult it's not the right size it's not 
designed to go there and the child will bash it. <laughs> if, I hit it <laughs> if I hit it harder, it'll go in. I yeah. do that as well, Andrew. Well, you see people trying. You know, <laughs> one of the funniest things, it's, not, it's funny, sad funny, but one of, the, one of the funniest things you see is when you have someone who's perhaps not from an English-speaking background come to our city and, and if you're not from an English-speaking background, um, buenos dias, uh, bienvenue, welcome to our city. Um, it's great to have you here. We we deeply welcome you. But there are some people who are frustrated that, that people who come from a non-English speaking background can't understand them. So what do they do in their frustration as they're trying to ask questions? I saw this a little bit yesterday. I was in a, a bank yesterday and there was, there was two men who looked to me like they were from Afghanistan or somewhere like that. And welcome to all our Afghanis in Launceston. Welcome to our city. You are most welcome here. We welcome you and may you find fulfillment in life by by virtue of, of being in our city. So welcome. But these Afghani men, they, they clearly did not have a command of English. And the teller in the bank was a little frustrated with this as well and what I, what i see oftentimes is is someone you know a, a local is frustrated with this so what do they do they speak louder do you have the documents and they look at them like do you have the documents <laughs> as if <laughs> yelling louder will help them to understand. Of course, this is just frustration on the part of the person trying to communicate with them. And so patience is required. And patience is one... Look, I, I deeply admire patient people. I'm not one of them. I, I've become more patient probably because, you know, physically, as you get older, Cameron, as you'll, you know, you'll have this to look forward to. You, you just tend to <laughs> slow down anyway. But patience is one of those things where I look at people who are patient. I just, yeah. I admire them and I go, man, I wish you could bottle that. I know, I know. I, I'd love, I wish you could bottle it, put it in a capsule and just give me a couple because I wish I could do that. That is just, I admire that so deeply. But patience is one of those things where we have to go, hang on a minute. You know, I I may not get this done uh, at the time I thought I was going to get it done. And maybe I was unrealistic about when I thought I was going to get it done. But by being patient, I'm able to just slow down a bit and recognize, almost on that Shawshank principle, you know, the, the, the Shawshank movie where he's wrongly convicted, he's he's imprisoned, and he just takes a very patient view he says i'm gonna get out of here i'm gonna get out of here and he just takes it <laughs> he's literally chipping away at his wall you know dust by dust chip by chip and he he does it, it, it took him a couple of decades but he he got there in the end and he was exactly where he'd hoped to be even if he's on the outside so it's very very clever profound movie absolutely profound patience so if you can develop patience in other words Thing, your, your situation, if you can accept reality, the reality is your situation may not change immediately. You, you know, wife, you might be frustrated with your husband. He, he may not change tonight, tomorrow, or even by this weekend. But by beginning to communicate with him clearly, openly, by getting permission to talk with him, by talking about these things in an open way, you may be able to move him in a way that 
that over time you get a new husband you get a new husband all right we got we got a couple more and then we're done this this is number two so we've gone from be realistic use leverage or cheat uh, be patient and here's the the second one be assertive be assertive uh, th- this is what i've noticed about people who take out their frustration on themselves they often become sullen they often become depressed they become withdrawn they become a little bit reclusive and really it's frustration life has not gone the way they had hoped they they are now that they they be, they become withdrawn it's kind of i guess people would call it a depression and here's one of the things that become is i know is very very difficult for people in that situation to do it's to be assertive now what what do we mean by assertive we we certainly don't mean aggressive there's a, no. a, a yeah a, a huge difference between being aggressive and being assertive in fact they are, they are poles apart being aggressive is taking it out on others it's lashing out being assertive is telling people what you're thinking and feeling and if you can learn to be assertive in a polite way it doesn't even sound aggressive but being assertive simply means this is how i'm thinking this is what i'm thinking and this is how i'm feeling about this and that's an important distinction rather than about you we distinct we we distinguish the action from the person so this is how i'm this is how i'm feeling and this is what i'm thinking this is what i want and this is why i feel frustrated now again i know that's difficult for somebody who is withdrawn and sullen and their frustration causes them to become passive and I, I would just say I think the the struggle is because they don't want to be aggressive. And I'm suggesting you don't have to be. You don't have to be aggressive to be assertive. And here's, here's number one. Sometimes in life, Cameron, stuff happens and it's so frustrating and we feel all the the ingredients of frustration culminate those you know we mentioned before it's when we feel that our efforts or our situation is pointless or counterproductive or whatever goal is before us is unattainable that's a feeling of frustration frustration results from that sense that our that the solution or solutions to our problem or problems is just beyond us that that's frustrating it's Mm. when it's frustration exposes our limits and who wants their limits exposed who wants to be revealed as having limited material financial physical intellectual or spiritual resources it's it's it can be humiliating so frustration causes people to get angry it causes people to lash out at those they care about Um, there's an expression called the soft target people who are soft targets are often those that are closest to us and you can wonder in a family why is it that we're, we're so cruel to those we're closest to but we're rather polite to those that we're not as close to. Well, this is why, because they become a soft target. This is what frustration does. And here's how you can take your situation and move to fulfillment. Fulfillment, that sense that, that, that something has been achieved, something has been accomplished that is worthwhile. You feel worthwhile. You feel like somebody 
who matters. And so we've, we've introduced these five things. Be realistic. Start off by being realistic with your time, your resources, the people you have to help you, and, and your own abilities as well. Number four, leverage. Get help. Don't, don't try and do it all yourself. When, when you're feeling that level of frustration, get expert help. And number three, be patient. Don't, don't rush. Whenever you rush, it always takes longer. And number two, be assertive. Tell those that matter what you're really feeling, what you're really thinking, and what you really want. And you don't have to be aggressive in doing it. And here's number one. And this is really, really important. And if you do none of the others, at least do this one. Sometimes in life, setbacks happen, difficulties happen, and it's difficult for us to make any sense of it at all. But you can with the help of God. And this is my number one thing. Pray. Ask God to help. Ask God to help you, to give you the strength and the guidance and to enable you to trust him that he's able to show you there is a point. Ask him to help you to see why this matters and getting it done. We live in a culture that wants things instantly. We drive up to a window, we demand a meal, we want to drive to the next window, get it and drive off. Sometimes, no, sorry, cancel that. Not sometimes. Life doesn't work like that. That's not how life works. Sometimes you just have to do the hard yards. You have to wait. It's this be patient thing. You have to pray. I know people have said, well, I did pray and nothing happened. Yeah, but brother, you just said amen. Give, you know longer than five seconds for something to happen you know god will come through i guarantee it god will come through especially when you yield to him so be realistic leverage what you've got or what you need be patient be assertive and pray and ask god for help strength and guidance to get from where you're at to where you need to be cameron i'll be back next wednesday and we'll talk about another life help as well